The views and opinions expressed on my story, Living with Lupus Podcast, represents each person's individual experience. By listening to this podcast or reading our blog, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. As always, consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. My Story Living with Lupus podcast is officially trademarked, all rights reserved. Thank you for joining me for another episode of My Story Living with Lupus. I'm your host, Susan Hendricks. And I'm so glad that you could join me on this Friday. Today's episode is about, Is There a Link Between Lupus and Cancer? What are your thoughts? And what does the research suggest? Also, you'll hear the latest in healthcare news. So, you know what I want you to do. That's right. Grab your cup of coffee, your cup of tea, and if you're listening late at night, you know I appreciate you. Grab your favorite glass of wine and come on and join me right here on My Story Living with Lupus. creating opportunities for people and families. You can contact this nonprofit organization at www.abundantharvestaquaponics.org. He is the author of Positive Energy 24-7. And his latest book, It Was Destined, Urban Legend. He's Detroit's own author, Henry Long. To purchase an autographed copy of his book and to purchase his ebook, go to rightpath247.com. That's W R I T E. P-A-T-H-247.com. You can also follow him on Instagram at rightpath247. Lupus is more than flares, butterfly rashes, and constant pain. 
I'm talking about lupus and cancer. Systemic lupus erythematosus, better known as lupus or SLE, and other autoimmune diseases are linked to an increased risk of certain types of cancers. Specifically, lupus patients may experience an elevated risk of lymphoma and other cancers, such as cancer of the cervix. Researchers have elucidated certain connections between lupus and cancer. For example, it is widely accepted that immunosuppressive medications such as Imran and Celsap contribute to elevated cancer risk. However, one of the largest studies to investigate this connection suggests that the risk of cancer is actually greatest during the earlier stages of lupus, indicating that exposure to immunosuppressive therapies is not the only link between lupus and cancers. Physicians do not yet understand the precise relationship between lupus and cancer. Lupus and lymphoma. Studies show an increased risk of both Hodgkin's and non-Hodgkin lymphoma in patients with lupus. It is believed that the elevated risk of lymphoma results from a disease process of lupus, specifically the overstimulation of B cells coupled with defects in the immune system's surveillance system, and not just from medications or other associated risk factors. Some suggest that immunosuppressive medications also increase the risk of lymphoma and other blood cancers, especially five or more years after taking the drug. In addition, people with Sjogren's syndrome, which is relatively common in lupus, experience an even greater elevation of lymphoma risk, suggesting that lymphoma in lupus patients may also be linked to this condition lupus and breast cancer. Some data indicate that women with lupus experience an increased risk of breast cancer. Increased estrogen levels might contribute to a higher risk of breast cancer in women with lupus. Now on the subject of lupus and lung cancer. Now lung cancer is about 1.4 times more common in people with lupus than in the general population. Interestingly, people with lupus 
and lung cancer are more likely to experience rare types of lung cancer. However, like the general population, many of the people with lupus who develop lung cancer are smokers. In fact, 85% of lung cancer is caused by tobacco. It is very important that people with lupus do not smoke. Smoking not only increases the chances of developing lung cancer, it also ups the risk of cardiovascular disease, which is also marked increased in people with lupus and prevents lupus drugs like Plaquenil from working properly. If you need help quitting, talk to your doctor. She or he can help you find the most effective strategy to curb smoking lupus and cervical cancer. Certain studies have shown an elevated risk of cervical cancer and abnormal pap tests in women with lupus. One study linked the increased incidence of abnormal pap tests with history of sexually transmitted diseases, contraceptive use, and immunosuppressive medications. Some physicians suggest that either the use of immunosuppressives are flawed inherent immunity lead to a decrease in the ability of lupus patients to fight off human papilloma virus, better known as HPV, a virus associated with cervical cancer. The HPV vaccine is recommended for young women with lupus to reduce the risk of later cervical cancer. However, like much of our knowledge of cancer in lupus, these connections are not fully known or understood. Lupus and endometrial cancer. New evidence suggests that lupus patients also experience an elevated incidence of endometrial cancer although the cause for this risk is unknown. NSAIDs and cancer. It has been found that people with rheumatoid arthritis, another autoimmune disease, experience a lower incidence of colorectal cancer than the general population. Although the precise cause of this phenomenon is unknown, it has been attributed to the long-term, 10 years or more, 
use of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs known as NSAIDs and aspirin. Evidence has also been found that long-term aspirin and NSAID use may also reduce the risk of colorectal, breast, and prostate cancer in the general population. It is likely that this benefit also holds for people with lupus, but that does not mean that one should begin taking aspirin and NSAIDs for this reason. In fact, long-term NSAID use can increase cardiovascular disease. Therefore, you should only take medications as directed by your physician. The importance of regular cancer screenings. Despite the increased risk of cancer in people with lupus, studies show that lupus patients are actually equally or even less likely than the general population to undergo cancer screenings. Thus, it is very important that you speak with your doctor about lupus and cancer to ensure that you see the appropriate, appropriate physicians for cancer screening as often as recommended. Now, healthy habits. Certain risk factors such as smoking, obesity, hormone replacement therapy, and exposure to immunosuppressive medications increase the chance that an individual will develop cancer. Therefore, it is also important that you practice a healthy lifestyle. Obesity also increases the risk of certain cancers. So, Try to eat foods that help you maintain a healthy weight. Now, we all know that sunlight causes lupus flares and also increases the risk of skin cancer. People with lupus should avoid the sun whenever possible. If you need to be outdoors, wear sunscreen with an S. PF of 85 or greater and be sure that your sunscreen contains helioplex to protect you from both UVA and UVB rays. This information was provided by John Hopkins Lupus Center. 2000 19. If you would like to appear on an episode of My Story Living with Lupus, you can contact us at mystorylivingwithlupus at gmail.com. Also visit us 
on our Instagram page and also our website, My Story Living with Lupus. Now for the latest in healthcare news. Information provided by MedPage today, September 3rd, 2019. Death Certificate Project accuses 64 California doctors. Five surrender license after claims of grossly negligent overprescribing. More to come. The so-called Death Certificate Project, initiated by the Medical Board of California that began in 2015, has now resulted in formal accusals of wrongdoing filed against 64 physicians related to their drug prescribing, primarily involving opioids. Newly updated records show five of the 64 have surrendered their license. Six others were put on probation and eight received public reprimands. These are out of a total of 469 physicians investigated for excessive prescribing because of patients' overdose deaths in 2020 and 2013. Two of the 64 accusations were withdrawn according to statistics released by the board last week. The remaining 43 physicians of the 64 accused still await final decisions. Half of these have been hanging more than seven months and five for nearly a year. Now, regarding the same death certificate case, one surrendered, four nurses, Four nurse, shall I say, practitioners accused in California's death certificate project. One surrendered license, another accused of coming to work wobbly and drugged and under the influence. This information also retrieved from MedPage Today, September the 11th, 2019. In addition to publicly calling out 64 physicians for overprescribing dangerous drugs, the California's Death Certificate Project has now threatened the licenses of four nurse practitioners for negligence after an investigation linked their prescribing to patients' fatal overdose. One of the accused, Sharon Ann Whitmore of San Bruno, was prompted to surrender her license after the board found she was grossly negligent and incompetent in her prescribing. 
In particular, she prescribed large quantities of oxycodone to a patient who was found dead in his home from an overdose one day after he filled the prescription. The 50-year-old male named K.P. in the California Board of Registered Nursing Accusations had been admitted for spinal fusion therapy to the University of California San Francisco Spine Clinic where Whitmore worked. At discharge on May 11, 2012, he was given a prescription for 200 oxycodone tablets for pain and an undetermined amount of clozapine for anxiety. On June 13, a few days before KP's scheduled follow-up appointment, He called and spoke to Whitmore, who wrote him another prescription for 360 oxycodone tablets, an amount the board called an excessive amount of oxycodone. So you say, in total, KP had 500 and 60 oxycodone tablets with just within just a few days. KP filled the prescription on June 16th and overdosed the next day. A toxicology report showed that he had overdosed levels of oxycodone and other drugs in his blood. The nursing board's decision and order stated, you can go to MedPage today to read more. And that has been the latest in healthcare news. Motivational speaker, entrepreneur, and creator of Right Side of 50, Life Lessons with Sheila Smith. To book her for your next empowerment conference, contact her at rightside50 at gmail.com or call 404 447 Six eight nine seven. Tea and conversation brush with motivational speaker and creator of Right Side of Fifty. Location for this event will take place in Ellenwood, Georgia. For more information, you can call 404-447-6897 or email rightside50 at gmail.com.
yes, it's that time for me to go. But I hope that you found this episode informative. Be sure to go to my story, livingwithlupus.com website to print off your lupus checklist and other information that you have heard on this episode. But wait, if you do decide to use any information that you hear on this episode, please note that my story, Living with Lupus, podcast is copywritten along with the website. Please make sure you cite where you receive the information from because in some of the information is my own personal intellectual property. So just make sure that you cite the information correctly. Also, in October, Utah and Mystique Nevada, I will be seeing you, and who knows, I may do an interview in Nevada, and the possibility, I may do one also in Utah, you never can tell, so stay tuned, I wish you a peaceful and enjoyable Friday. And as always, I appreciate you tuning in. This is Susan Hendricks for My Story Living with Lubis. I'll see you next week. Enjoy. expressed on my story living with lupus podcast represents each person's individual experience by listening to this podcast or reading our blog you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. As always, consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. My Story Living with Lucas podcast is officially trademarked, all rights reserved.